County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have two interesting guests today. Our first one is Norman Wolfe. He is chairman and CEO of Quantum Leaders, and we're going to be talking about many things and his book, Living Organizations Model. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, OC talkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. This show would not be possible without the support of our advertisers like Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club of Costa Mesa. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. As I said at the top of the show, our first guest is Norman Wolf, and I've asked Norman to join the program today to share with us how his firm uses the living organization model to help middle market companies create effective business solutions. Norman is also going to talk to us about using this strategy and how companies can achieve sustainable growth and sustainable profit. Norman, welcome to the program. Hi, Rick. It's really good talking with you again. It's always a pleasure, my friend, to have you here. When he says again, that means we've had Norman on our show previously. And so some of you that have been loyal listeners for a long time time, may remember that we had Norman on before and immediately after he published his seminal work. And we're going to be talking about his book in a little bit. But, Norman, for those that didn't hear the previous interview who may not be familiar with you and your background, can you share a little bit about your professional path to being CEO of your firm? Yeah, absolutely. I started my professional career uh, with Hewlett Packard. Actually, I started with Patton with the aircraft uh, when I graduated college and then moved on to Hewlett Packard, where I spent 15 years moving through what it was at one time the one of the best companies to work for. Um, and then in 1988, I left them uh, after having, you know, run the uh, Western Sales Region's uh, administrative organization. I left them and started to work with middle market companies uh, in Southern California uh, as a consultant, helping them uh, improve their performance, uh, get more focused on what it is they're all about and how they can better execute their strategies and a whole variety of different things. And in 2002, I started Quantum Leaders with the real intent on on focusing on strategy execution, recognizing over the years that strategy planning was the fun part of things. It was creative. It was innovative. We got to step out of the out of the quagmire for a while, spend a weekend or a week uh, with the team, and really you know figure out who we are and where we're going. But the execution part uh, afterwards was, you know, we had these great plans, but getting them executed was always such a struggle. So I decided to spend and focus my time on on the execution phase of of the strategy, uh, as well as still doing the, the uh, strategic planning part. And that actually is part and parcel of what led to the book. I, I began to realize that uh, so much of how we run businesses today is based on a model that that 
doesn't quite fit. It's a, it's a view of how business produces results that doesn't fit and actually gets in the way sometimes. And I recognize that organizations were really living entities. They were organic in nature, uh, not so mechanical as we tend to think of them. And so the, the solutions that we were facing in executing our strategies were, were really difficult. And, and so I created Quantum Leaders uh, and wrote the book to, to address that. Excellent. You know, I, I want to go back to two, 2002 and maybe even back into 1988 when you left HP. Why did you choose to work with middle market firms, Norman? You, 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 know, you said HP, that's a huge multinational corporation. You were steeped in that experience and probably had a lot of valuable knowledge that other large corporations could have benefited from. Why did you go middle market? Well, primarily because I, I realized... As an executive at HP, you know, being groomed and grown and developed and and skilled, if you will, uh, at HP, I had phenomenal resources at my disposal. Uh, We had wonderful mentorship programs. We had uh, wonderful training. We had a whole HR department. Some of the the leadership development work was pioneering. Uh, We worked with... uh, Cruises, I can't remember the, the last name, the, the people who wrote uh, the, the leadership training books, um, uh, Poses and, and Kuzma, and they came in and developed, uh, H, helped HP develop its leadership training manuals and, and programs. And, and I realized, you know, middle market companies don't have that kind of resources available to them. And they they deserve it. <laughs> mm. I mean, bottom line is they deserve help, just like I had as a as an executive with HP. I, I remember when I was a young manager at HP. I, I sat. I went to lunch with a friend of mine that uh, I met, and he was a CEO of a ten million dollar company in Orange County. And I was running a ten million dollar P and L statement department for HP, and we, and we compared you know, what it was like and, and what was different between being a CEO and my job. We ran the same size organization. And, and I walked away realizing that I had the resources. I, I had, we did everything the same. Day-to-day activity was very similar. The, the problems we worried about were very similar, except for the fact that I had a banker that was infinite, relatively speaking. Right. And he had to worry about making payroll. That has an impact on me. That gave me a lot of empathy and compassion for CEOs of middle market companies of, of wanting to create, just like HP did, in a limited resource environment. So I focused on them. That's an excellent uh, reason, and thank you for giving us the context. And I uh, echo your sentiments, having also been in large corporations for most of my professional career before I left. And, it, yeah, you... You don't appreciate how great it is to have that unlimited bank account that the big company right. has when cash flow is usually the of a $10 million company. It's a critical issue, especially a manufacturing company cash flow. Mm-hmm. So tr- something mm-hmm. you don't even have to think about as a... As, a, as an executive for a large corporation that has limited amounts of cash. All right. Well, we're talking with Norman Wolf. He's CEO of Quantum Leaders, published author of his book, Living Organization Model. And we're going to come back after this commercial break, and I'm going to ask him to discuss the concepts contained within his book, A Living System That Describes the Flow of Energy Transforming the Flow into Desired Results. So don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to hear what Norman has to say 
about living organizations. But first, let's listen to these words from our commercial sponsors. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children at succession strategies we can help you find the answers we'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi, Norman Wolf, CEO of Quantum Leaders and author of the book Living Organization Model, is our guest. We'd like to thank and acknowledge our loyal listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime on iTunes, 
Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Norman, let's get into some of the substance of your book. Can you give us a sense for your research and what you found and kind of how you help middle market companies? Yes, so the... The biggest challenge I found, as I alluded to earlier, is that we're dealing with a model of an organization as a, a mechanical a machine. You know, we, we, we strive to focus in on areas such as uh, process improvement, optimization, um, streamlining, uh, efficiencies. So those are the dominant areas of focus of how we go about running an organization. And, and we, we're looking to optimize the machine. And, and when you think about that as a, as, as a overriding framework, as a as a way we we think of, of everything we do, it's a context. Uh, and within that context, it's very difficult to get to achieve things that we also desire, like engaged employees. And one of the reasons it's almost impossible to get engaged employees is because. We unconsciously, and, and, and that's why I, I say it's an underlying framework or a paradigm, we unconsciously, we, we're not even aware that we're treating our employees as cogs in the wheel. And, and because the, the goal of the machine is to have machine work as efficiently as possible. And so I, when I began to realize this, I began to say, okay, so how, how, do, I, how do we explain this? And, and what I realized is if I, if I step back from everything and look at the reality that everything in the universe is energy and nothing can be created or destroyed, it's, what we're doing is transforming energy. So we're dealing with a flow of energy. And the flow is very simple. It, it's people's efforts flow through a series of uh, waveguides, business processes, and produce a result. But when you start thinking about it from that point of view and, and you recognize that it, it, the, in my model I, I speak of three fields of energy, the activity we do, which is, is the dominant field of, of focus for the um, machine orientation, right. uh, our, our activity. But it also has relationship energy. And you can think of that simply if you think about high-performance teams, concepts of synergy, or even the, the notion of customer experience, which we all know today is vital to success. Uh, and these things get left out of the machine. And, and, and at another level, in the third field of energy is, is context. Uh, why we do it, the sense of purpose. You know, Simon Sinek has a whole book on nothing but start with why. Because we're beginning to recognize that we do things for a sense of purpose, and people are not motivated. You know, uh, Daniel Pink's book, Drive, you know, says it clearly. People are not motivated by incentives. They're right. motivated by something meaningful to them. And so I, be, I, I created a model that wraps up these three fields of energy uh, activity, which is still very important. You still want optimized processes, but it also includes relationship and context. And it says that the most important thing you should do is start with context. Out of context flows the activity, and the relationships you have, the relationship energy, supports all of that. So that's the basics of the model. And I'll just give you one quick example of, of what it means to go from one paradigm to the other. In, in the machine paradigm, when we think about the customer experience, we're fundamentally thinking about efficiency. So customers become a transaction. 
it, it, and we move the transaction through the machine as efficiently as possible. And we do things like get you know phone systems uh, with you know select from one of the following ten things. Now, oh, by the way, the menu probably has changed, so listen to them all again. Uh, and, and 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 that's what's important. And the customer ends up feeling like a, a transaction, an unimportant number that is assigned to them. In the living organization model, you shift the importance, and and the relationship is what's important, not the transaction. Who is it I'm dealing with? What are their needs? How do I how do I relate to them? How do I make them feel important? How do I give them an experience of of dealing with the organization that makes them want to come back? And so you begin to shift what's important, and you begin to shift what you measure. And, and so you know, I I can spend a lot of time going through it, obviously. Right. But just to give you a little taste of the differences, when it's a machine thinking and when it's a much more personal, organic, relationship, meaningful, context-based approach to why we're here. How did you decide on the name of the book, Living Organizational Model? What is the essence behind that name? Well, it, it's, it, it came out of... I, the book started off being called The Soul of the Corporation because I realized that when I was working with organizations, when I was leading them, when I was working with CEOs, helping them through uh, some of the struggles, it, an organization really has a, what I, what I call in my book, a soulful purpose. It, it, there's a core, a core essence to it, just like a human being does. And so it started off being called The Soul of the Corporation, but then I realized that what I'm really dealing with is a living entity. Hmm. Uh, an organization is alive. It's a being. It's, it's got a purpose. It's got meaning. It has it has interactions with other living beings. Call them the marketplace. Uh, call them suppliers. But they're, they're it's like a human interaction story. Uh, it's a play, uh, and, and the organization is a character in itself. Interesting. And so I, I just decided that you know we got to start looking at organizations as living beings, as living entities, as living organizations. And that's how the book name came about. Great. We're talking with Norman Wolf. He is, in, in addition to being the author of the book Living Organizational Model, he is CEO of Quantum Leaders. So let's bring the two of those together. As I said in the open, I said you were going to you work with companies to help them achieve sustainable growth and sustainable profit. So how do CEOs and business leaders running middle market companies achieve this sustainable growth and profit? Well, what I've, what I've come to realize is that an organization, when they begin to get a sense of who they are at, at the core, you know, starting with a soulful purpose, and uh, follow that, um, let me see if I can nail it down in a few minutes. The, the core to the model is what I call the strategic compass. And the strategic compass has all the elements of what you normally think about in strategic planning, you know, the, the mission and the vision and the values kind of stuff. But it takes it to another level. It takes it to a level of real deep, soulful um, sense of purpose. What are you really here? Why do you exist? It's not to make money. The money, and I talk about this in the book, is a byproduct. It's part of the measurement system. It's important. That's not why you're here. You have to do some service to society and, and to help people's lives. And so when an organization can identify that and make that the core of why they do what they do, one of my clients uh, coined a phrase. He says, I'm the CEO, but I'm not the boss. 
the boss is our purpose. Hmm. Everybody works for the purpose of the organization. I work for the purpose of the organization. I have a role. The janitor has a role. But we're all here to work for the purpose of the organization. So it's aligning to that that begins to start to engage everybody, and the energy of the organization comes alive. So you get companies like Zappos, you get companies like Whole Foods, you get companies like Trader Joe's, Harley Davidson, companies that you you recognize are have a have a real reason for existing. They're not just in it to make the money. They they seem to transcend the money, and and the money seems to keep coming in. Mm. Right? Uh, so it's almost like. Sometimes I, I use metaphors like skiing or golf. Uh, anybody that's played golf knows the old traditional saying that you've got to swing easy to go far. Right? It's almost you, you have to begin to think counterintuitive to what we've been raised with. Right. Uh, when you're skiing, you, you learn to lean downhill to have more control. The steeper the hill, the more you got to lean downhill. That's sort of counterintuitive to a lot of people's thinking. Absolutely. Uh, it's the same way for a CEO to really run an effective business, to, to grow sustainably, to have a clear sense of purpose, to have customers want to come back to them and to keep coming back to them. You've got to start switching your thinking around a little bit. Norman, I am being told by my engineer that it is time to wrap up, our, to wrap up. our first interview here on the show. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, how will someone, if they want to buy your book, where would you suggest they go to get the book? Either Amazon or uh, BarnesandNoble.com. It's online. Uh, they can buy it in uh, paperback or in Kindle version or in Nook version. So Amazon.com, the living organization, transforming business to achieve extraordinary results is the title. And uh, Norman Wolf is the author, so it's easy to find. Hmm. And on either either site. And, and if- you can also get it uh, as on iBooks, pretty much any place, uh, if you want an uh, electronic version, any place that has electronic versions, it's available. And if someone would like to talk with you or learn more about Quantum Leaders, how, how do they do that? Uh, they can call me on my uh, mobile number, 949-689-2158. Uh, go to my website, www.quantumleaders.com. Or email me at n wolf. That's n as in Norman. W o l f e at quantumleaders.com. Well, my friend, it is nice to catch up, even if it's only for a short time here on the radio program. It sure is. And I wish you and your wife and your family continued success. And I'm glad that you're helping middle market CEOs with both your intellectual property and your all your training and practice. Thanks for being a friend of the program and and staying in the critical mass community. Thank you so much, Rick. It's been a pleasure to come back and say hi to everybody. All right. Have a good day, Norman. You too. Bye now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our second commercial break, and then we'll be back with our second guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show after these words from our sponsor. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. 
No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. This is your host, Rick Franzi, and our audience is 98% business owners and CEOs and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may just be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. If you'd like to learn more, then contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. 951-515-4661. All of our shows can be found through our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Hema Day is our second guest. Hema is president and CEO of Eiffel International. I've invited her to, dis- to join the show to discuss how her firm is helping CEOs like you and business leaders of middle market companies with their trading and development. Hema is also going to talk to us a little bit about her work with e-commerce and m-commerce businesses and how they're impa- impacting our economy. Hema, welcome to the radio show. Thank you, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Let's start the interview very simply. Can you give our audience a little sense for your professional background? Sort of, what did you do before you became president and CEO of your own firm? Right. Um, I was actually I'm based out in uh, New Zealand, helping technology companies with their export strategy, and um, traveled the world in the capacity of sales and marketing. Been to over 34 countries worldwide, and um, and, and really lived and breathed my um, my passion for marketing, which I did as a degree, 
uh, in New Zealand. Um, I'm a graduate in business administration, and I majored in international marketing. And and I guess, you know, going around 34 different countries and experiencing different cultures, um, I, I had to make a decision after spending time on an aircraft, should I keep sitting uh, in an aircraft and going around the world, or should I be a mom and... And I wanted to do both. Mm. So I thought I feel international so that I can be of a resource to various different companies out there. And, and, and I'm a proud mom of a, a beautiful five-year-old daughter. So um, if I can be of assistance to companies that, that need a marketing department but don't have the overhead to, to employ uh, a chief marketing officer or an SEO director or a copywriter or a graphics designer, well, I've got that all in hand here at Eiffel International. And tell us um, h- how you came up with the name for the firm, spell Eiffel for us, and then uh, I know from uh, learning about you and your firm that in addition to being the CEO and in internet marketing, e-commerce, you're also able to help companies with their international trade and development activities so that they can grow their revenue through export. So kind of Bring it all together for us. Talk a little bit more about Eiffel International, starting with how you spell the name and how you came up with the firm's name. Very um, very good. I was based in Paris, France, not Paris, California. Paris, France, um, for an elevator component manufacturer. And they uh, manufactured active infrared door detectors for passenger protection so that when you walk through the elevator door, the door would automatically reopen when, when, so that, you know, the passenger didn't get hurt. And I was put there as European manager um, to help do business development with uh, key original equipment manufacturers, OEMs like Kone, Schindler, Thyssen, uh, and Otis, to, to, to market the product and to specify the product into projects. So, um, as you can imagine, I landed there with my suitcase and, and, and one laptop and had two weeks worth of training and built that whole market up within two years. So, um, if you think about that, in a foreign land, um, as a female as well, um, I was really proud of that, that milestone. And, and I, I saw a print of the Eiffel Tower, the famous Eiffel Tower, which is spelled E-I-F-F-E-L. And it, it showed how Gustav Eiffel built that that tower in stages, uh, and how he project managed it all, uh, from the foundation right to the to the unveiling of the tower. And I said, that's exactly what I want to do for companies. I want to build a foundation in their marketing so mm. that they can sell. And it's only through sales that they're going to 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 reap that revenue uh, and that return on investment, so that they can build that tower of success. When it comes to international trade and development, um, it's things. The landscape has changed. Previously, I used to have to buy a database. I used to have to call them up from New Zealand at odd hours, write them emails, hundreds of them, till somebody actually responds to me. And then I had to buy a ticket um, and travel the world and hope and pray that that person's not going to cancel on me so that I can actually present a product or, or a service and, and hopefully make a sale. And sometimes you have to fly not just once, but twice or, or three times. Right. And guess what? Today, today it, it's, it's so much easier with the Internet. And, and I, I look and I cringe at, at, at the U.S. companies because the U.S. is currently ranked sixth in the world for e-commerce trade. 
China leads that very strongly, followed by India, and countries like France and Canada are, are leading the, the you know leading the way as well. I hear a lot about how the U.S. wants to export, and the U.S. wants companies here to be more productive in the international game, and they they can't see it yet. But I, I'm hoping that. The more I speak about this, the more people are going to buy into this. But e-commerce, in in as little as six to eight weeks, caveat here that you have all your ducks in a row, I can actually put together a store to get companies selling on the internet globally. What people forget is that all you have to do is be selling one item or two items outside the United States of America, and that's considered export. Right. We we are so close to Mexico. We're so close to Canada. I don't understand what's holding back the U.S. the U.S. business uh, businesses from exporting. I I, do, I really don't. So um, it's so much easier. You don't have to jump on a plane if you don't want to. If you want to, it's even better because you right. can start building relationships. But you don't really have to, and, pe- and you can go direct to the consumer. That's an interesting. So what thought. does that mean? I'm sorry, I yeah, just I, I think you gave us an interesting thought, which is that by putting up an e-commerce site, you can become an exporter a lot easier than maybe what people who were CEOs of middle market companies were thinking about becoming an ex, a company that exports. And we're talking with Hema Day. She's president and CEO of Eiffel International. I'd like you to help our audience to understand, in your working with companies, the difference between e-commerce and m commerce the e-commerce world is predicted to be about 424 billion dollars in the u.s alone by the year 2017-18 right about 25 percent or more i would predict that closer to that time it's going to be made uh of 434 billion dollars so that that's a huge number as well and it's going to come from mobile sales so that's called e-commerce if anyone buys it on the internet through your desktop, it's e-commerce. But once they start buying it on your smartphone or your tablet, that falls into the m-commerce category. And I would imagine I mean, that's growing I mean, faster than e-commerce, then, right? That's what you're saying. Well, there's more smartphones in the world than human beings. And well, who's using them all, Hema? I mean, what do we need more than we have people for? I mean, what are we, what are we giving them to our pets now? What's going on there? I have no idea, but everyone is is either surfing the net on their phones or their tablets. I, I see a lot of people on their phones. I mean, people are buying Starbucks at drive through just showing the phone. No one's carrying a wallet anymore. No one's carrying cash around. You're connected by your phone direct to your bank account. Yeah. So the difference between e-commerce and m-commerce is the platform that you're using to conduct the commerce then, huh? So... Um, started off at electronic, you know, commerce, and this was your know, internet world. And before, before smartphones became so smart, I mean, yeah. we had dumb phones, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, now that you have smartphones that are mini computers, that's why the, the term, the jargon, and commerce has come about. So they are all related together. And there is another terminology for middle market CEOs to know: is that when you're building a website today. Do not build two separate platforms. You do not need one for your desktop. You do not need one for your mobile. You need what is called responsive. And a lot of CEOs are getting burnt right now. If they don't, they're not in tune with what's going on in the marketplace, they end up investing way too much 
uh, on two platforms and managing two platforms when all you need is one code, one platform that automatically talks to all devices. Makes a so lot of sense. I want to I want to signal that very clearly to the middle market CEOs that you can export, you can even grow your business domestically, but what you need is a responsive website. All right, we're gonna thank you for that. I we always look for teachable moments here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Hema Day is our guest, and she's president and CEO of Eiffel International. We're gonna take our next commercial break, and I want everyone to stay around because we have a, a number of questions to uh, get through with Hema. They're hopefully good content stuff you're gonna want to learn about from her experience. So stay tuned to Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be back after these words from our sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi Hamaday, who is president and CEO of Eiffel International, and is our second guest here on the program today. And I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days. And we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's get back to the conversation with Hema. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, of all the things you've learned traveling the globe relative to business experiences, have you developed a guiding principle, kind of an overarching philosophy or belief system that you're applying to how you're leading and growing Eiffel International? And if you have one, would you share it with us, Hema Day? Well, Rick... At the end of the day, it's about people. And in every country I went to, everyone had a different culture, 
a different mannerism, a different set of vocabulary that, that, that resonated with them. And for me, it's all about the individual. Even between Orange County and LA County, there are different ways of thinking. And um, I tell my team, treat each one of our clients with extra love because each one of them will have a different set of culture within their companies. Um, the way they brand themselves, the way they want to execute the marketing uh, program. So, I mean, we do websites, but we don't just talk websites. We make them into sales platforms. Why? Because, you know, I want sales to connect with marketing. Uh, we need to understand the brand. We need to understand what it is that the CEO or the leader of that company wants to embrace in, in terms of the communication platform when it comes to social media. So if I would have talk about what has made, made it successful for me, it's about actually building relationships. And that's what we do at Eiffel International. And, and I hope that that um, to grow in this way as opposed to uh, as opposed to being um, as to being as to being someone out there that's preaching with noise because mm. uh, we have a lot to offer with our experience and, and and I would say very very proudly we put love in our work excellent we take the time yeah well that comes tone at the top and that's clearly a focus of yours and it comes through here on the radio show as well today i'm wondering if you could talk to our audience of ceos running middle market companies both here in southern california but also we have a national following and now with Spreaker.com, we're beginning to build an international following in europe can you talk to us about glocal that's spelled g-l-o capital c capital a capital l can you share that program and that idea with our audience well, before I do that, I didn't actually answer your question earlier. Eiffel International is spelled I-F-F-E-L as opposed to E-I-F-F-E-L. Um, so Eiffel, I-F-F-E-L, I dropped the E to make, make it different. Um, but it certainly uh, came about from the, the building and construction of the Eiffel Tower. So GloCal, basically, I wanted to form a committee of professional advisors that were hands-on, that were practical, who had a global mindset but were based here in, in Southern California. So that when uh, exporters from overseas that were coming into into the United States, we would have a beachhead where they could come to one spot and ask the dumbest questions <sighs> in the world about doing business in the United States, and we would smile and answer those questions. Uh, for them, because it is it is a big place to come to for a lot of companies. Uh, it's 52 states, and it's not it's not one country. I think I look at the U.S. as 52 different countries, and and the same thing applies to to Europe. Um, so Glocal is a committee of professional advisors. We have CPAs, we have attorneys, we have uh, myself in marketing and logistics. We also have um, supply chain experts because there are many ways to skin a cat when it comes to supply chain these days. And, and yeah, so we, we, we tr if we don't have the person on board, we will find the answers to the challenges these people have. And is there a website for GlowCal? Well, basically it goes to, uh, for GlowCal, no. There's no specific website per se, okay. but Eiffel International has a, um, uh, you know, we have a six-pack concept. And if you go to our website on EiffelInternational.com, you'll be able to look at our international export division. And, and in there, it, 
it talks about locale and it talks about what it is that we can actually do almost as if we were a 4PL, a fourth-party logistics um, provider, service provider. So, so uh, you said you threw this in there, and that, that leads me to want to ask you, you say we have a six-pack concept. What is a six-pack concept? I mean, I know what a six-pack is, but I, well, I'm sensing it's something different in your business. Well, I um, I wanted to, um, you know, there's so many uh, web companies out there, and, and I tried to be different. Besides the fact that we've got the people here and we put love in our works, I, I you know, I, I thought about the six-pack concept when, when you go to the gym, where you build your core um, so that you can actually support your whole body. So we wanted to build a six-pack concept so that we could support the execution of, of business goals and strategies through marketing and sales. And so basically the, the paradigm there was all about um, building the strategy, which is the FMB, Functional Marketing Plan. And I talk about Functional Marketing Plan because it's not a thesis, it's not a document that, or a book that you're going to submit to a professor in a university, but it's a functional, actionable list of tasks that the team collectively has to execute to make sure that the goals in sales and marketing are achieved. And, and from there, we build websites. We do design, we do development, we do search engine optimization, um, social media, email marketing. Not everything applies to every business, so we right. custom customize each program for each client. And of course, online advertising. If you know, if the company has even a small budget, we try we try our best to to cater to that. And then, of course, that's domestic, but the, the same paradigm applies to international at a different scale. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. So we have a six-pack concept to to give people that, that, that support so that CEOs or middle market companies can do the visionary thing and we come in with the execution plan and oh, execute. That's great. That. We kind of have a theme going with you and our earlier guest, Norman Wolf, around the important of importance of not only having a strategy but also execution. I see that I have about a minute left with you here today, Hemaday, and I wouldn't be uh, doing you a service if I didn't ask you if in maybe a minute you can help us to understand as the founder, president, and CEO of Eiffel International, what's the future hold? What, what, do you, what are your growth plans for the business? Um, I can't say strongly enough that digital marketing is my, my, my future. For the business, it's also the future for many, many companies. And the sooner CEOs wake up to this, the better, because I'll be, I'll be talking a lot more uh, in Google Hangouts and webinars about how, this, how we're, that's a threat right now. China is selling direct to U.S. consumers through eBay. And I don't think many people know this. And, and we are very busy here um, thinking about online sales tax for domestic purposes, but really the real barrier to, to entry uh, is, is the issue. But we, as a nation, can export so easily. Right. And this is my plight now, is to really help U.S. businesses export through the Internet, through e-commerce and through m-commerce. Well, I, I think you've opened my eyes to thinking about that in a different way, and um, I've talked a lot with a lot of people about exporting, and I... I never connected those dots, so thank you, Hemaday. You gave me an, an, an original thought today that I'm Can going I? to build on. I'm sorry? Well, 
uh, I'll be, be happy to, to talk more with you, Rick, because there's a lot going on. And, okay. and I work very closely with the county of Riverside, uh, which is uh, a free trade, foreign trade zone area, also known as a free trade zone to some. And, and it, it is an, it, it, Eiffel is an advocate for U.S. exports. And, and if we can help anyone kickstart that program, I'm here to help those companies. So if someone would like to learn more about your firm, Hemaday Hanlefein Eiffel International Online. Uh, they can go to www.eiffelinternational.com or they can email me at hema, H-E-M for Mary A, at eiffelinternational.com. Oh, I've got a very um, comprehensive LinkedIn account and my name is Hemaday on there. I'll be happy to answer questions. Uh, and be a resource to middle market CEOs. I can't thank you enough for sharing a little bit about what you know in this area and challenging the C- our CEOs and the audience to consider e-commerce, m-commerce, and the other ideas that we've kicked around here on the program today. I appreciate you being a friend of the program and a part of the critical mass community. Thank you, Hema Day, for your time today. No, thank you. Thank you, Rick. Have Goodbye. A good- Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this show this show is here to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. Uh, this show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Crystal Nunley is our uh, producer and uh has the six-pack in the office, right? Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Melissa Badani. Our marketing strategist is Asia Celestino. And Rose Chamora is our VP of Sales. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or you'd want to refer a future guest or advertise on our radio show, what a great idea. Visit Critical Mass for FORbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 